0: Show. All, right, let's go. All right, episode twenty of Shirt Show. We're talking with Justin from
1: Barrel Maker Printing in Illinois. Let's go! So what's happening Ooh. at the shop right now? What, um, you guys busy? Apparently if you're there on a Sunday.
0: Yeah, we're um we're really busy, but we're also like I think we just suck now too. So it's like a combo of like I I honestly can't answer that quite. Like I'm not sure. Like it's somewhere between we're we're like either really busy or we're just really bad at getting jobs out right now. So it seems super busy. But like we we contracted maybe like 25 or 30 jobs out the last couple of days and we're printing like on the weekend, um, we're doing a lot of overtime. So like we're we're printing a lot, but then I feel like there's days where I look at like the recap and I'm like, Oh, well, like we didn't do enough, you know? So. So
1: you're saying your production is, is not what it was because of because of COVID or because you have different, a different team in place or why do you think that?
0: Yeah, we, yeah, we have different, I mean, we have kind of a different setup. So like, um, I mean, we had some changes too, just based on like, we're, we're pretty busy right now comparatively, but like uh, about a third of our business prior to COVID was live events. And so that's gone, you know? So it's like that definitely like revenue wise, we're in a totally different spot. So it's hard to compare like evenly. Um, but also like we have different people now than, than COVID when, um, so like when the COVID thing first happened, we cut out we kind of cut, I mean, we probably like everybody else, we we sort of like cut everybody, um, initially, but we started back up only like two or three days later. Um, we have like a, a contract account. That's basically like all rubber. Um, so it's like rubber hazmat materials. So if there's like a natural disaster, we're like really, really busy. Um, which is sad and that's (laughs) really really weird. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so, so like when COVID happened, that customer was actually really cool. They, they hit us up right away. They had their lawyers like draft letters that were like, no, they have to stay open. Cause they're printing, we were printing stuff that was going into like hospitals, you know? Um, right. So that was really cool. And they hit me up and we're like, just FYI, like we can't have you go down. So if you need money, like let us know. And that was kind of weird to have like a customer be like, yo, like, so your customer's yucky. the mafia. they are in new jersey um so we we kind of started back up with a a small shift dedicated to them but then we were still like i mean we had a few jobs here and there but it was pretty small and then we did you know fundraiser so so with the fundraisers our um our april and may were were killer those were like real good months we were able to bring everybody back um we did really good. I would say like June was a, a pretty bad month for us. Then it sort of like after that stuff subsided a little bit, then I feel like shit got real. Um, Yeah. But th- throughout it, like we, we just made some changes overall. So like we had prior to this, we had a, printer who was also like our production manager. He was like our, our best printer slash manager. And I, f- I, I don't go into like a lot of shops, but I also feel like that's like a pretty common setup where like your good printer becomes sort of like the manager. Um, we decided to like shift away from that and move into like, basically we made two people, a, a manager and assistant manager team. And that started about two months ago. So that was kind of like a big change. Yeah. What were you saying about that guy
2: that you had to let him go cause he wasn't doing so great. And then he's now he's working on weekends and he's doing
0: like, yeah, he's, re- he's re- re- like really awesome. <laughs> yeah. I mean like yesterday, so like he, he left because he, he hung on pretty good throughout like most of like the return. Um, I guess like with, uh, all, he was like our main printer throughout like a lot of the like fundraiser stuff and, and, um, he just like was looking for, it's interesting. Like, I think, I don't want to say too much about him, like as a person, but I don't think, I don't think he wants to be like a screen printer. I think he wants to like run a print shop, you know, or be like a, I think he wants to like have his own shop. Right. So he's not somebody who like wants to be at a uh, print press all day. Um, so he basically found like a real small company who offered him a job essentially like running their shop. Um. So he went and did that, but then he's been coming on the weekends and and like helping us get caught up. But it's interesting because I'm not paying him like hourly, I'm paying him like flat rate. I'm like, hey, here's like eight jobs, I'll pay you X amount to do those eight. And now he's able to knock out eight jobs in like four hours. Like, <laughs> fuck. Like you can you can do any of that when you're like an hourly employee. Either.
2: Yeah, because he couldn't yeah, you know, he didn't couldn't milk it if he was just a normal day to day. No. You're giving him but, a flat
0: fee, he's gonna pound through them. Yeah, we used to have another printer who was like that, too, where where um, we straight up moved him over to like a, a contractor and we gave him all of his jobs as a contractor. And it was awesome because he would come at like one in the morning, like he would come on his terms, you know, whenever he wanted to and he would bust out jobs. But at the same time, if he wanted to like sit in the bathroom for three hours on his phone, like I didn't have to be annoyed by that, whereas like normally I would Right.
1: How do you make that work? So do they have a key or do you just, you show up and and let them in or how does that? Yeah, we
0: have key, we have, our doors are open. It's like, (laughs) we're we're not too worried about it. Uh, Yeah, some people have keys. We have like a lockbox, and and like, I hope you don't have any like criminals listening, but our, our dock is open pretty much every day. We have people here pretty much all the time. Like we have a bunch of printers who like to come at night. We let people like use the shop, like, I, I come in a lot on the weekends and try and just like focus. So I think there's enough coverage and then we have cameras. So.
1: And so the guy who's printing right now, is he he's just printing by himself or does he have a team like a a, yeah, he's just, a dryer or how does that work?
0: He's just printing alone. Cause he has, he has about 3000 pieces and it's just a one color and he's just like getting a little over time. So he'll print about, he might print all that today. Um, but just the fronts of it. And then, on Monday, uh, or tomorrow, I guess like the, our like catchers will come in and they'll like sort through it all They'll flip it over and then they'll bust the backs
1: out. I've mm-hmm. thought about this kind of thing a lot, but I don't know, Dylan, if, if you could pull this off, but I don't, I don't know if we could. And, and, and here's why is because the, as far as proofing, I mean, I'd have to do some sort of, you know, if you're going to run 3000 pieces, for example. Mm-hmm. and I'm going to leave, I mean, somebody's going to have a key or I'm going to leave a door open or whatever, and they're going to come in to, for some overtime and start running it. Um, I'm assuming you have that screen already and everything's approved and all they have to do is start going, right? But if mm-hmm. you say eight jobs, then that's, that's totally different too because when it, when it comes to eight jobs, and let's say they're going to come in and print eight jobs, I mean, I, there's no way I could pull that off, you know, without, without somebody. We like to have several sets of eyes on on the final before oh, we actually, actually print. You know what I mean? He's, he's coming in right now too. We can ask, him. um,
0: <laughs> the, uh, yeah. So that's like, they were all staged. Like it was like pre-planned. So like all the carts were there, the shirts were there, the screens were there. Um, and all the, the proofs are available, you know, so that's all like, um, on their tablet, on our phones and whatnot. So, I mean, there's definitely like our day to day, has a, like a sign off. So, I mean, there's definitely some risk if you have someone coming in being like, hey, like make sure it looks like the proof, you know? Um, There's just,
1: there's sometimes the, you know, you go to screen and you set up on press and then there's an artifact that's, that just makes it to the screen, you know, that, that, that's not on the proof. And so, I don't know, me as a printer, like I have, I'm trying to do so many things. Like I'm trying to, you know, I have to, I know my, 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 uh, my print order, the color of ink, registering everything, my, my flash times, all this stuff, right? I have to focus on and concentrate on, and now I've got to, now I've got to look at the proof and make sure it's spelled right or whatever, you know, th- this that it's not missing this this part here or whatever. And I just think yeah. that, that's pretty tough. And that's how we. That's why we love um, having four people look at at the final before it goes.
0: Yeah, so. it's interesting. The feedback I actually got was that um, he's able to do a good job now because he doesn't have people on his ass proofing every job. (laughs) So, I mean, it's, and I mean, I think it's a, it's, it's hard to like, so I think about that a lot with like having a production manager, like we, so my wife was the production manager for like nine years, you know, and then, and then she stopped being the production manager. And I decided instead of bringing on a production manager that we're going to like self-manage. Right. And, um, I was talking to like Rick Roth about this too like while it was going on where my logic was like, okay, if I bring in a new manager, let's say that's like 60 to $70,000 salary or something, you know, that's, I felt like I was, I was confident that I didn't know the right person who I was going to be able to bring in, who's going to like even be able to really protect us from making that much in like errors, if that makes sense. So like my logic was like his worth. Yeah, it's like we have to fuck up seventy thousand dollars worth of shit before it like is really going to make a difference. Where where it makes a difference is having that line of communication. You know, like when's this going to be done? Hey, we got to bump this up in the schedule. Like, can you run this over and and quality control and whatnot? But I didn't feel like I had somebody in mind or even like anyone who was applying that I felt like was going to come in and and make it worthwhile. So I just went with like no yeah.
2: Manager. That's kind of how we do it though too. Is it's just kind of you know, getting systems in place so much beforehand that the press operator just knows what to do. I don't have to have somebody out there pointing fingers and being a boss and kind of in their face and watching them all day. It's just kind of like, you know, this is what you have to do, get it done, you know, go through the proper channels, get it approved and whatnot, and then go. So like, I don't have like a manager who just walks around and like manages things. It's just kind of like everybody knows what to do. But Chris, who's here with me in the office, he's kind of like the production manager too, just so that like, if I'm not around or I'm not there, I know that he's kind of like the manager to go to, to help you figure something out. But for the most part, it's just like a figurehead thing. It's not necessarily yeah. a job where he's just walking around doing that all day.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, be, I bet the the production manager role is different at, at every shop. I mean, I think there's probably some things that overlap, you know, that they're all maybe similar. But my the production manager here, Kyle, he he doesn't like his job. His responsibility isn't making sure that we're not fucking up or anything. You know, he doesn't walk around and proof anything. You know, so uh, I think that that that's probably different in every shop.
0: Does so, he print?
1: Um, only when um, like needed. So, for example, if we let's say somebody's out on on vacay or sick or we're just jammed up and we and we need to get jobs out, well, then he does. But generally, no. So during a typical week, I'd say, maybe one day or Tuesday. Well, the past few weeks, it's been a little bit different, but maybe a day or something for an hour. But generally, all day, no. His his role is he's in the screen room and he's he's uh, getting screens ready and out to the floor. And does uh, he man- schedule or yep, or no? Yep, yep. So he yeah. he he pulls jobs and says, okay, these are the jobs that are going and. And we have, so how we do, we put proofs on the window. We have these windows back there by the presses. And so we just tape them up and say this, here's the job. Here's the job on deck. Here's the job, you know, and so on. And so when um, we put the inks by it and, and the printers have the information, and so they go to the next job, they're not asking. They're usually not going to Kyle and saying, hey, what's next? Or, you know, does this look right? They're usually, the only time they're going to go to Kyle is if something's wrong. Let's say this, the screen is, is fucked up or, or whatever, or they can't mm-hmm. find an ink, you know, then they go to Kyle. But, uh, yeah. so like, sort of like you said, I guess that the printer is autonomous, you know, they're, they're pretty responsible. They know what's, but we have a production meeting in the morning and we kind of talk about the day and there's changes that happen when there's surprises, of course, like, Hey, all of a sudden this job's got to go, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But, um, your, yeah, go ahead.
0: Sorry, not to like interview you or anything, but like, like, does your, does your printer know at the beginning of the day what jobs they're supposed to do? Throughout the day, like like, do they know their their the whole the whole? I would day? say
1: um, they have a good idea. They have a, they probably what what we think we're going to print at seven fifty a.m. and what actually prints by five is probably eighty percent true or accurate. You know, so maybe we're waiting on. Uh, you know, um, there's usually jobs on hold. Maybe it's jobs on hold for approval you know, and so maybe jobs on pro hold for somebody added some shirts or maybe we have 10 hours of work and eight hours to do it. And something happens that job prints faster than we thought, you know, or something happens that a job prints takes longer than we thought. And so job has to push out to the next day. You know what I mean? So, but, but the printer has a general idea of, okay, this is, this is going today. And I always have this little box. <clears throat> Dylan will tell you on our dry erase, I have this little area that I write in like the hot, anything that's hot you know like mm-hmm. that we need to take the, like a tlc job or or something like that that we have to take notice and say look this has to ship by 3 p.m that's when our fedex pickup is or ups pickup and so this has to be done by three or the customer's coming in at noon or whatever mm-hmm. and so that those those important things like that then that'll i think that's the production meeting really that is some of the best takeaway The right. Some of the best takeaways are the jobs that are hot. So, because a lot of times you'll have printers that, like you asked, you said, okay, they have, they have their day in mind, or they they have this job that's next, and that's sort of what they're expecting. And then anything that comes along and and is a bump or a hiccup or something, certain printers they don't like that. You know, they don't like to say, oh, well, fuck, like why does this have to cut in line of these other ones? I was ready to print this and. And so it's always nice to know that and to be expected. So there's not as many surprises because there's always going to be a surprise, but maybe there's not as many surprises. So, so how about you? Do do your, do your printers have an idea of what's, what's going to happen?
0: Yeah. So, um, I mean, I think it's similar in, in the fact that, you know, like our, our dream, you know, our layout each day, it's not, it's not completed. You know, I think you have to go into it knowing like, you know, these are priority jobs. These are like, this is like what I want to get done, but there's going to be some stuff that doesn't get done. Um, so, yeah, we delegate out basically. So our, our managers don't make the schedule. They just like try and make sure the schedule is getting done and prioritize it and try and like see if, if uh, you know, sometimes we'll assign stuff to like maybe... A certain press and then halfway through the day you're like oh wait we got to move it to this press to like get it done in time things like that so they, they sort of focus on that um but each of our printers they use a tablet and we run um our daily schedule runs into like air table so essentially they have a, a tablet that has like a gallery view of their job so they could see like here's five jobs i have to do and they see like the proofs and everything and they could tap into it and see like you know, some more details and whatnot. Um, I've, like, kind of debated for, like, a while, though, if it's actually better for them to know the job or if they should not have any idea what their jobs are and you just constantly have, like, a cart being brought to them when one job's, like, close to being done. (laughs) But I don't know. I mean, it's... I think that, like... And and we've had printers who are really good too, where we can be like, hey, here's the five jobs that we're expecting you to do. And they'll take a minute and they'll look at all of them and they'll say like, oh cool, like these both have like royal blue, so I don't really need to like, I'll do these back to back and keep the squeegees. You know, they'll kind of look through it for a little bit and like strategize. And then we've, you know, printers who, they just go, there's like no thought process. So like you have to kind of be a little bit more strategic between like giving them jobs that kind of will flow together better yeah. um but yeah i mean we they they know their jobs what they're supposed to do and then we have our firm jobs which are like these ones 100 percent have to go like no matter what and so those are always like the first ones on the schedule and and if um that's that's usually where we'll divvy out to like somebody else if like one printer's killing it you know we'll, we'll feed them like another firm job or something Yeah. Yeah. I feel like
2: we have it to where it's like a calendar and it's kind of like the top part of the calendar is one press and the bottom side is another press. And it's, it's booked up for the, you know, the full 10 to 15 business days or whatever. So each guy knows exactly what he's going to do every day for the next like two to three weeks. So like you said, it's kind of nice for the printer to look at it. And it's things that we might not see, you know, like he looks through his daily schedule and he's like, all right, well, this job has sleeves and this job has sleeves. I'm going to put these two together so I can leave the sleeve pellets on the press and do both jobs at the same time or same with hoodies or same with, you know, whatever he's doing. But again, like you said, you can bump stuff to one guy if he's doing it. But usually for our presses, we kind of have like one press mostly does hoodies and sleeves and the other press does a lot of like shirts. So we kind of are moving the schedule around based on who's really good at what printing. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just, I don't know. In my opinion, I would like that they know kind of like what their days are going to look like. So they're prepared. Plus it also, like if they know what they have to do today, like based on the schedule, it kind of puts pressure on them a little bit to be like, I have to get these done today or I'm going to shoot to get these done today. I feel like if they just didn't know and we're just doing job to job, they just do it at whatever pace
0: because they're like, I don't know what's next and I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, um, it's good that it, it, for somebody there to have an idea of like the pacing, yeah. you know, I mean, cause you could give a printer 50 shirts and they, they could take all day to do it if they want, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, but yeah, if someone's like actually paying attention to like realizing like, Hey, like this setup's going on too long. Like th- there's a bigger issue. Like, let's stop, let's get on another job and kind of like figure out what the issue is. Yeah.
1: Do you have a morning production meeting
0: not anymore. No, we used to have them every day. Um, but no, we're, a, we're a lot more like segregated. I feel like than we used to be like we in our office, like we definitely have like our, our set meetings and like, we kind of like, um, we don't have a daily production meeting cause we talk all day, but, um, yeah, we have like random ones. Like we have a live events meeting like once a week at like a set time. And you know, stuff like that. Um, production has meetings without the office. So, but I do think a daily meeting is really helpful. Like I'm, I think that more than anything, like it used to help us a lot with just general like culture within the shop, but it also could kill time really quickly if you're not like on top of it.
2: Yeah. How much of your work is contract versus direct to customer?
0: Um, it's, we have a pretty good amount of contract. Uh, I, I I think we're probably like 70% direct and like 30% contract would be my guess. Um, but I mean, yeah, we do a fair amount of contract because we, we work with a lot of like um, agencies that do contract right. work.
1: So you have a like a retail location with exposure that people can walk in and, and uh, there's no. a counter and stuff like that?
0: No, no. I mean, we we aren't like into like talking to people. Um
1: <laughs> <laughs> our
0: goal, like our so like we started printing in our apartment, right? And then like our first um place was like a it was literally like the shittiest warehouse you could find covered in like oil. Our windows were busted out. And like our logic from the beginning was like we want people to be able to like order online or via email and like we want to ship their stuff. Like we don't want to get into like you know, we don't want to get into like, yeah. Um, that first
1: place that you're describing was at a old barrel factory. No, it was, um, because <laughs> that, that was my guess. Well, I'm it. like, it's got to be old how he barrel. got his name. That's how you got your name.
0: Oh, cool. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no, Why, how no. did you come up with Barrel Maker? Um, it's a uh, thing on it, so it, it's just like, uh, we, we had a clothing, we started a clothing line. For kids, so it was like meant to be like a kid's thing, and our son's name is Cooper. Who's he's named after like Twin Peaks Agent Cooper, but a, a Cooper is a, a a barrel maker by trade. So like um. some someone, yeah. So it's like a it's dumb. It's really <laughs> annoying. It's it's real annoying to like spell out every time you have an email, you know. Um, yeah, nothing to do with barrels. I don't even like barrels. Uh, they seem heavy and clunky and. <laughs> I have a tattoo of one though. But yeah. But I don't even like barrels.
1: But I have a tattoo of one. <laughs> so what yeah. made you
0: what made you want to get into printing to begin with? Uh, spite. It was all it was all spite. We are trying to there's this girl on my Facebook feed who who started making baby shirts. She had a baby like right at the same time we had a baby. And we we're like, dude, we just had a baby. Why are you having a baby? You know, it already started off like kind of like this feud. Um, so she was making baby shirts and we're, my wife and I were making fun of her baby shirts like one day on, uh, which is actually really unlike Aaron. Like she's like, she, it's, I don't think you could get her to like talk crap about people. So the fact that she was even make funny, making fun of these girl shirts is kind of like just shows like how bad they were. So we were like, we could make better baby shirts, you know? So we, we decided to start kind of trying to make these little baby shirts and, um, actually we we sort of jumped ship on that and got a new we went to thrift stores and we would buy like um dress shirts like like you know just like random dress shirts and we would upcycle them into like little dresses we started selling them in in different boutiques
1: and so you were going to um, tell me you printed on the back of them like affliction I was going to be like that's badass <laughs> yeah
0: yeah <laughs> they they were they're really weird looking actually they're like cuz they're like dress shirts have this like kind of funky vibe to him but um basically we just did that for like a real short period of time and um when we were making the kids stuff we were sending it out so we were, we were basically like you know ordering t-shirts like anybody else and um i think it it just seemed like one of those things that like I, I don't know. I felt like if we do it ourselves, we could maybe make a little bit more money have like control over right. it. So like, I didn't know that screen printing was like such a pain in the ass. You know, I, I don't think anyone does when they're like getting into it. You're just <laughs> like, cool, I could do this. Yeah. So we, uh, we went to Chicago silk screen uh, and we walked in there and we had like maybe a hundred and uh, probably about $150 or so. We're like, we need, we need to silk screen, you know? And we left with like, a screen, one clamp for like posters, right? Like one clamp, water-based red ink, just one (laughs) water-based red ink. It was like, we didn't have any of the real components. So we kind of like were set up for failure right away. Um, but then my, um, so I was working like marketing and this is 2008 and I was working with like a lot of real estate lawyers. And so like, everybody at the company i was at got laid off so i got laid off and i took the first unemployment check and i bought a silver press and so aaron was actually really pissed at me about it because like she felt like that was like a big deal or something but um it kind of made sense to me and so i reached out to a friend of mine who ran a podcast and this was 2008. So like podcasting was, was like pretty like he started podcasting in 2003 actually, which is like kind of impressive, but he had a really like very, very active forum on his podcast. And so I hit him up and was like, Hey man, like we, we have this like awesome print shop. Like I know you do shirts, like we'll do your shirts if we could trade for a banner ad. And literally like we, we did a trade and, um, we got orders right away from like, the first two orders we got were one was in West Virginia and one was Ohio and we had his stuff to do. We didn't know anything about it. I mean, we were literally like watching, you know, same like cat spit and Ryanette and stuff. And And this was out of your um,
1: apartment. you said,
0: yeah, we were just like in our, in our living room. So I kept getting orders and Aaron was like, I mean, we, we had a, like a, you know, maybe a nine month old or something. And, and she like was staying up at night trying to print stuff and we were working in uh, our bathroom, you know, it was like our dark room and our uh, like bathtub was like, you know, washout and all that stuff. So we actually found a, a fine art screen printer and started renting out darkroom space from him. That was like our first like kind of thing we did. So we would go there and burn screens and it was 24 hours And a lot of this actually like this point in time was like the middle of the winter. So we became pretty decent at the process because we would, if, if we went to the darkroom to make screens in the middle of the winter at like two in the morning and we burned them wrong, it really sucked. You know, like (laughs) we couldn't, we didn't want to go back there like in the middle of the night and it was really cold. And so we got, you know, we kind of learned pretty quickly how to, how to do it. And, um, how are you carrying like, shirts in your apartment? Uh, flat first with a, a handheld dryer and then a flash dryer. So flash dryer is probably the first, like first thing we got, you know, and, was and, a, a, and a still then a water conveyor.
1: base or was it the plastic then? in?
0: Yeah, we were printing, we printed water base for probably, it, it, you know, it's, it's interesting to me because our business now is so similar to what we started doing you know like our initial focus was sort of like we're going to print everything like water-based we're going to try and work like eco-friendly and and go all these routes but like our our goal was to not advertise that a lot but just do it like we that we wanted Mm -hmm. that to just be like part of who our company was and it's interesting because we ended up growing into like you know we we helped found like all made and now we print like most of the stuff we print here is water-based and so it's like real similar to like kind of like our roots, I guess. Yeah. What I was wondering I do you, remember, said you were
2: making, you were making kids dresses. So you yeah. were using water base for that,
0: right? Just because we used, we used water-based because we just didn't know Plastisol. The first time we used Plastisol, we were like, dude, water base sucks. This is the <laughs> best thing that's ever happened. Like we've loved it. And so then we felt conflicted because everything we were advertising was water-based. So we started switching to um, soy, soy-based inks. So like, that was uh, one stroke one. I don't know if they still make it, but one stroking's had like a soy series yeah. and it was basically all. but their reducer was like, you know, it was like olive oil. Like it was so weird. <laughs> it was, um, but yeah. Um, so we, we did that out of our apartment and then kind of eventually, you know, like I think everybody, we just kind of hustled and hustled and then eventually took a little bit of a risk on like a warehouse space and, our rent was so cheap. I mean, it was, it was $650 for like 1400 square feet. And, um, I mean like we didn't have like windows and it was real creepy, but it, it really helped us to grow.
1: And you had at this point, you just had a manual also. I mean, and so you have this, you got this warehouse space, no auto, Mm -hmm. I'm assuming. We did, we did about a hundred thousand dollars
0: on a, um, like a four one tabletop press, like before we even got like a, just like a regular, like, you know, like six, four type price. Yeah. So the, the first, like the kind of like our next purchase, when we got a warehouse space, we went on Craigslist and we bought a package from actually, you know, Jimmy, you, you've been working with Jimmy, right? And R? Oh yeah, sure. We bought it from him. So I mean,
1: he was from MNR or he was selling a,
0: like, no, like his- from him out of his, garage i think he was maybe like his wife was like annoyed that he had all this shit in his garage (laughs) so like we didn't know him i mean we we didn't know it's it's funny because we ran into him several years ago and 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 we all pieced it together again and and that was kind of fun but i don't know why he had like riley hopkins presses instead of like you know uh like i don't know chameleon or whatever Mm -hmm. um like a sidewinder or something but he uh yeah, so we went on Craigslist. We found, like, kind of a a package from him where he had a Riley and, like, an exposure unit that wasn't, like... Like, we were using a... Uh, what, what did they have there? I mean, we were using, like, a big exposure unit because we were renting a space from, you know, from, like, this fine art printer. But, um, yeah, getting, like, a, a 6.4 was a big deal. And actually even getting a little conveyor dryer, like, was kind of intense because we we didn't have the chance to, like even know if it worked like we got that from from Jimmy too and he seemed like trustworthy like when we met him and stuff but we didn't we weren't able to plug it in because was a 220 so well, like you know I'm gonna give him shit
1: you know I'm gonna give him shit when I find out that <laughs> he got a Riley Hopkins so he's gonna have some explaining to do he loves it. Yeah. He does he doesn't even like MNR products. He sells rock on the side. <laughs> he gets, he gets fired on, to, on Sunday. That's,
0: <laughs> that's why all the new uh, MNRs kind of look like rocks as Jimmy's worked his way up, you know? So, <laughs> that was something I wanted to ask you is uh, why, why did you go with rocks when MNR is in your backyard basically? That's um great question right there. It's very, it's very straightforward and I'm not going to throw any salespeople under the bus, but we had, so my wife ran she ran our shop right like i i'm like on the sales and marketing side and we split that up from like pretty early on it was like hey i'm gonna like bring in orders and you're gonna like figure out how they get done and like that was that was like our dynamic you know and it's um so we had m and r come in in i'm trying to think of what year it is maybe 2010 um we had a rep from MNR come in cause we, we absolutely wanted to go R. They're, they're like, like you said, they're in our backyard. It, it didn't make any sense for us not to go MNR. So we had them come in, um, and Aaron sat down. We we're basically like, we're between a, uh, diamondback and a sportsman. Like we we're new. We didn't have, a, at the time we had, I think like two manuals and like a little, and the, the, the four one, not two manuals and, um, yeah, it was a four-one silver press. So it was like we kind of ran on these like three like manual presses in there, and we needed an auto, and we had money put aside for it, and so they came in and they would not stop pitching to me. And she was the one that they needed to sell. Like they had to sell her. She's like, I'm the one with the money. Stop talking to him about it. Like I'm the one who's got who's like printing. And um, it really rubbed like rubbed us the wrong way. So we said, fuck them, you know? And, uh, we went and bought an MNR from somebody else. So we, we, we basically just bought an, a used MR instead. Right. Um, so we had a gauntlet and, um, a gauntlet and I'm not sure the name of the dryer. We had a 25 foot, um, MNR dryer. Sprayer? Yeah. It might've been a Sprint. It was like a big ass gas dryer. Yeah. Um, probably a sprint. it took up our whole shop and then me and, this girl, Rachel, who's with us, um, me and her sat across from each other at the end of the dryer, just getting like pelted with like discharge fumes all day. So then I joined a a gym and started working from the gym for like six months. Um, but we had, so we had the M and R for a little bit and it was fine, but we started getting these pretty big orders. So we had, um, we had a couple 60 and 80,000 piece orders and It was, um, just insane. Like they were, that's just, that's a lot of shirts when it's a lot of shirts.
2: How do you go from having a silver press to talking
0: to somebody about doing an 80,000 piece order? You tell people that that's like what you do. You're like, (laughs) you're like, of course. Yeah. We, so actually I'll tell you what happened with that. Um, it, it was a really large organization. It was a very legit thing. We got asked if we could do the order. Um, and we also had a few other people reach out to us separately and ask us if we could do it, which made me realize like this company is desperate or, or whatever. And they reached out to like everybody in town. So I went home. Um, I was like, I'm going to go home and I'm going to just like brainstorm for a little bit because they need this. We We could get this like this is like in play, you know. So I sat down for a little bit. I called all the, the the thing about it is the reason they were looking around for for someone else was it became a little bit of a rush order and they needed 60,000 pieces and they were like they were basically like uh little tiny bags like it wasn't like t-shirts. It was like these tiny bags. So so what happened is the company that they planned on getting them from like couldn't they were out of them like they, or they had maybe like 20,000 of them. They didn't have 80,000. So I think everybody who was bidding on it was focused on trying to just like make it happen or price it or just being like, Hey, they don't have them. And I just like, I realized that they didn't have enough and I went to them and I was like, look, we could absolutely do this, but we have to do five different colors. Cause like we have to do like, you know, basically like 12,000 of each color right, to, to be able order. to fill the order and we could hit your timeline and like whatever, but we got to close it like right now so that we can get it going. And I made them proofs and everything that showed like actually how cool it would be if they did all the different colorways. Like it actually looked like kind of neat and they went for it and then, um, and they paid us up front and that's awesome. We, um, so we hit up Ryan. Um, so I became friends with like Ryan and Nick Wood kind of early on too, because you know, like anytime we had a question, we used to call Ryan at all the time and be like, "Hey, I got a like a, a school order. I got this order, and it's like a thousand pieces, and it's four color process. I don't know what four color process is, <laughs> but you guys sell it. Like, right. so let's figure it out." So they would they would help us. Like they would. So you, a, did some, you get your supplies from them? Yeah. Yeah, I mean we got most we got our inks from one store because we're using like soy and, and whatnot. Right. But yeah, most of our supplies came from Ryanette. Um yeah. And oh, only made, been, like, it only makes cool. sense for you to call them then. You know what yeah, I mean? Like we were, absolutely so we called them and we said we got we got this really big order. Um we're moving our shop. So we moved we were on the third floor and we rented out a space on the first floor because we mm. we we literally couldn't accommodate how many we would get our shipments and everything lived in the hallway because we couldn't print and keep all of our shirts in the same room. You know, I mean, so Mm -hmm. we, but like, I think we probably like any, any like business owner or whatever too, you have to be like, you know, it's, it's hard to make a commitment to like more rent or bigger space or new employees Too, you. So you kind of like, I would say most of the time you push the limits before you like, make that shift. Right. But this was like, we had a, we had this big order. We knew that our MNR wasn't going to be able to like print it. And um, so we hit up Ryan and I remember after that conversation, Aaron was like, Ryan, like, like Ryan talked to her the whole time. Like it wasn't about like, he knew that it it had to be like for her, that she was going to run it out, you know, and that it was like her, her deal. Um, So that I think like from the beginning that was something we always like appreciated about our relationship with them is like, like at least comparatively to MNR and I, and I know that there's lots of great people at MR and I, I like a lot of people there now too, but like, um, Ryanette from the beginning always like kind of got the dynamic, I think, and like knew that like they could work it out with her and not just like, keep calling me on production stuff. Right. So it makes sense. But yeah, so they just started carrying rock at the time and we got, um, we got one of those. And honestly, I think it was like three days after having it set up that we got a second one. It was just like, Switching machine rocks <laughs> it's like <laughs> it really does like i mean especially compared to like an old gauntlet you know like a i mean obviously the newer R's compared to an old, old gauntlet are way better too
2: well it's just that thing too of like going from a used machine to like a brand new out of the box you're the first person to touch it everything
0: shines Dude. And the first order we got to print was 60,000 pieces front and back. So we got to literally just crank 900 pieces an hour with like, I mean, we got to really see it fly. I mean, it was like, Oh shit, this is awesome. You know, what you know, a lot so. of
1: people uh, overlook also is proper install. And I think that um, even if just, even just moving the press across the shop and even like we just had a tech in um, last week and Um, just to tune up, you know, the press and it's so amazing how over time, you know, one of the presses he tuned has 3 million prints on it that we put on them, you know? And so, and I've never had anybody come in and tune it since we installed on that first day we bought it. And so, you know, I think that if you, if you have a press that's either comes out of tune, just like a car, or if you buy a press that's used and you install it yourself and put it together you know, these, they, they installed to like a thousandth of an inch, you know, like it's real, mm-hmm. like every, everything about it. And so it's already, I can, I mean, I ran it yesterday and it felt different, you know? So, wow. so it's weird how, um, um, cause I hear people all the time say they put, they bought a press and they, and they just put it together themselves and they wonder why maybe it's wobbly or whatever, you mm-hmm. know? And some people are better than others. They understand how to, how to put it together. But a guy who's works on, you know, that equipment all the time, um, they're just better at putting it together and installing Well,
2: it's it like when, when Oni was here putting our, uh, gauntlet together, it was like, he has all these special like machine tools that like no other person has, you yeah. know what I mean? And it's like on the head, it's got all these dials on it. He's like putting strings and like lining everything. He's like, see this, see this. It's like perfectly like dialed every time. I was like, there's no way some fucking screen print dude that was in a band, <laughs> like didn't just like grab a nine sixteenths wrench and like put the arm on and then that just started printing. It's like Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely like worth the money to like have a tech yeah. come in and like go through it. Again, like you said too, like we had our sportsman there for I don't know, probably like six years or something. And then he came in and dialed that one in when they installed the new press and it was like a brand new press again. It was like, oh shit. Like everything's perfectly leveled and nice. And
1: yeah, there's yeah. definitely, um, there's definitely a lot of things that go into deciding what, what um, brand press you're going to, you're going to go, you know, ultimately go with because you said, well, why? Cause my first thing was like, well, you're in Chicago, man. That's, that's so that's such an important thing because you can get your, you can even drive over to the parts department part. and get a part. Yeah, same but day. Like, but, we but
0: yeah, we didn't need it though. I mean, that was actually yeah. something that we said to them. So, so, we had MNR techs in our shop like every fucking day because that press sucked, you know? (laughs) So we had to like, it, like having techs who are close by wasn't, that wasn't like an appealing thing to us. Like our goal was to like not have techs in our shop, you know, so I remember one of the things we talked to Ryan about at the time was like, hey, like you guys are like, we can just FaceTime you, right? And they were like, oh yeah, absolutely. And like Buck was like, I, I don't know if you guys know Buck at all, but like, so, like, Buck is probably, like, the, in my opinion, he's, like, the best contact you could have at Ryanette um, if, you, if you're if you into, like, equipment. He's just, like, the technical side of everything, you know? And so, um, but, yeah, I mean, we realized, like, right away, like, oh, we could just text him, and if there's an issue, we can jump on FaceTime, and we could kind of, like, just show him, and he'll talk us through it, and they could, they could still overnight parts. Um, That's really important. At the beginning at the beginning they were like they were sending parts here and there from Portugal, but they were still coming like two day air or something, you know, um, now it's, it's totally different cause they have so much more in the U S. Um, but, but in terms of parts, it's like, I don't think in, throughout the years, like we've needed very few things. Like we've never been down.
1: Well, that makes sense. So, I mean, look, we, uh... Lawson is 20 minutes from our shop and I don't have any Lawson equipment here. I don't even buy supplies from Lawson. So
0: yeah, it's you know, you know, nice too.
1: Yeah, it was really nice. Yeah. Um, the guy who, who comes in here is a really nice guy, <laughs> I but yeah. I don't, I don't buy Lawson. So yeah, it doesn't have to be, I mean, that, that's why I was, that's why I was going with is like, there's so many things that go into I mean, your, what kind of, what manufacturer you choose and it has yeah. to do with support or maybe it has to do, maybe it is to do with, you know, you're close to the parts, parts department or, or maybe you worked mm-hmm. on a, on a, on an MNR, you know, before you owned your own thing or who knows what it is. So well, yeah. presses, presses
2: aside and everything. Like you got to think like how important that is for anybody, even for us as printers or manufacturers or whatever. It's like that one little interaction of R coming in and like rubbing you guys the wrong way made you go to a whole nother company. Right. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. They got to think about showing that. And not like just that. once. And
1: it's like so, sounds like you you went there like several times. You have a, you have several. Right. times. Yeah. You
2: know. So. It's not even them. It's just like like I said. Yeah. Anybody. It could have gone the other way. Like you know, Ryan could have done something that pissed you off, and you would have went the other way. Or like yeah. Any. I mean, any he still com- does, but like, right. but it's. <laughs> but there's more context to it now, you know. Right, right, right. I'm just saying, for us as like printers with customers, it's the same thing. Like in our mind, we're just thinking one way and we're not thinking about it, but really we're rubbing the customer the wrong way. And then
0: that's why they go somewhere else. And it's like, Oh, for sure. It just makes sense. And people react. I mean, customer customers are so different. So some people just react like real harsh and strong to things where you're like, Oh my God, I didn't even realize you were like (laughs) having an issue or like, I thought everything was great.
1: You know, when I was at ThreadX um, this year, this guy was talking about how, Um, you know, when you get a bad review, it happens every once in a while, not often, but you get a bad review for everybody that, um, leaves a bad review. There's like 10 other people that had a bad experience, but just didn't do anything about it. You know, didn't, didn't review you or didn't call and complain or anything like that. Just had a bad experience and then just never came back, you know? So it's, it's, uh, that's out there. I wish we, there was a way we, I know people, some, some people send out, I even get them from, uh, places where I that I buy something online and they'll send me a random email that says, Hey, how, what was your experience like? You know, what was your user experience like with our company? And maybe you'd be more inclined to leave, you know, since it's anonymous and you're not like going on their Google review and bashing them, you know, yeah. <laughs> something like that. Maybe you get some more feedback and, and that feedback's really valuable because I'm sure I say it wrong. Yeah. So some of our customer sales reps, you know, they say the wrong thing sometime to upset somebody. But if you knew, if you don't know, then how can you fix it?
0: Right. I would say like our best, best customers are ones that at some point there was an issue and you work through it together. And that's like, it makes yeah. the bond stronger. We got a bad review like a week ago and I wrote the guy and I said, <laughs> I said like, Hey, like I read your review and I kind of like looked through everything. But like, to be honest, like, I feel like you had more of like a three star experience than like a one star. <laughs> and um, <laughs> he, he like wrote me back. He was like, thanks for the feedback. <laughs> it's like, You're saying you
1: commented on his review, or you you messaged no, I
0: bro, I, I I emailed him and was like, hey, like like you you had email responses, um, because his thing was like he was emailing with a rep and she was taking like a while to get back to him, but like he was really high maintenance. His order was like 24 pieces, like you know, like he he got shafted a little bit. I'm not gonna like act like we were amazing customer service to him. Like I think mm-hmm. that like he got slid down on her email you know whatever like a a few times and yeah and but like his order got written up his order got done he said the shirts were good he didn't love the shirts he placed a second order with us when he wrote the review and i said i said that i'd be willing to um like refund him that order if he like didn't want to work with us and stuff. He's like, no, no, no. Like, let's, let's keep these going. But that's what I like, uh, since we had banter, I was like told him that I felt like his experience, like wasn't really like (laughs) one star material. Like it's like, you know, that's like a two or three for sure. Like he got, he got the product. Like he got what I do. It just wasn't like super fast.
1: Um, Hey, well, since we're on this uh, topic, uh, (laughs) I think it's perfect time for Inksoft sponsored question. Since Halloween is in a few days, can you share a customer horror story or tell us about a print job, print job that went horribly wrong?
0: We had a fire, we had a whole, we had a, an order catch on fire. So we it, could talk about that. That was An order, uh, that order that was, catch on fire? Yeah, so like that was kind of similar to like, like what we're doing right now. Like we used to, have sort of like this little crew that would come in and it was a three-person crew and they would print from like maybe four or five p.m. until like midnight or one, you know, and they were like all in college or just graduated and they were like friends. So like it was, it was actually a pretty good situation because they would knock out like typically like a big order or like a couple, couple like regular size orders and um, they worked together real well. But there was a in order of tote bags that they finished the order and they sealed them up and everything and it was around like one in the morning and they left and the, the box basically like just got hotter and hotter like have you ever stuck your hand into like a pile of tote bags like while they're being printed at the end of the dryer and they're just it's, it's like
1: what kind of tote bags hot.
0: you mean like just, <laughs> just like canvas not- tote bags really
1: <laughs> that hot Dude. that they-
0: yeah. wow uh-uh. um <laughs> Do you guys not run your dryers at like 900 degrees? Or like <laughs> <the> sur- <laughs> yeah, we run our dryer at the surface of the sun. You, know, you don't broil
1: your your garments. We, uh, <laughs> no, it's, 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 wow. So it's crazy. And so it caught fire Wait, on that box. All choking. So, really, really,
2: what was happening is one of the dudes was smoking a doobie and he threw it There's in the a box doobie. of tote bags.
0: <laughs> Actually, wait, that's a better story. We here, screw the tow tote bags were on fire, we lost all of it. It was like it was bad.
1: The shop um, didn't burn down though, right? Just the tote bags burnt.
0: Just all the bags, yeah. But it was ten thousand of them. It was, oh, it was God. a big deal. Um but this other time we had a printer and um man, I love this guy. He he moved away to uh Germany, but he he would Every once in a while, like we would do stuff like, um, you know, like you have a job where you're like, you, maybe you pay a printer like a little extra, like under the table or something, and you're like, hey, is there any way we can get the job done like before Monday? You know, and I don't know. We do. We tend to have a bunch of those. So he um, he stayed late and he printed this job, and it was a uh, it was a school. It was like a school uniform order. So I think it was like maybe like like fifteen hundred or so pieces and. Um, it was a lot of work so he like did the whole job and he and we had a bow and arrow that we used to shoot against the dark room wall in the shop and um, so he finished the job and he was like super stoked that it was done so he grabbed the bow and arrow and like fired off like a victory shot <laughs> but he shot the lights and like shattered all the like fluorescent lights and so he was like He was real bummed out because it meant that he had to, like, stay and clean now for, like, another hour and, like, be like, hey, guys, sorry I shut out the lights. (laughs) Um, But turns out, like, we had shards of glass in, like, tons of our ink, and it took us a while. We just kept ripping screens for, like, we were ripping screens for, like, two weeks and then finally, like, found, like, a shard. We're like, that's what it is, you know, and so that kind of sucks. So,
2: long story short, you still have a bow and arrow in the shop that you shoot for victory,
0: we don't anymore. <laughs> we should. I thought it was fun. But like we Ever were also since then terrible. though. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of a, a bummer. Um but yeah, I do remember the first like when we first got the the gauntlet, we had an order where like it was like orange and orange print and then um when the the shirts got flipped over, the you know, they mixed a new batch of ink and it didn't match. And it was all like alternative apparel. So it was like, just like a pretty expensive loss. And it was like, that was like that moment when you realized too, like, yeah, the cool thing about an auto is you could print really fast, but you could also like mess up really fast. Too. Really so. fast, yeah, yeah.
1: Hey, that's yeah. the worst. That's why we have too much ink in our in our ink department is because the, the last thing you want to do is when you start a print run is to run out of ink. Uh, an ink that's not stock anyway, cause you know, that you've mixed or you've ordered or whatever. Cause that very scenario to get it right on just to, you know, exact, um, you either have to spend a lot of time or it, like you just said it, that happens and then it doesn't match.
0: Tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. It sucks. So that was no good. So yeah. what was going on with
2: your, uh, your live printing? Were you guys just doing stuff in yeah. Chicago or were you traveling all
0: over? No. So we, last year we did a, like over 300 live events. So we do them every city. Um, so we, we book all of our live printing through liveprinting.com. So that's like, basically like a few years ago, we kind of got that like generic donate domain and, um, we decided to focus a lot more on printing in like major cities. So, um, we travel here and there. Um, we tend to like, it, it's really hard to travel for events and have it still be profitable. So typically what we do is we have like affiliate shops. So like, let's say like, um, let's say, I don't know where in New York you are, but like, right. Say so you're say somewhere near like Rochester. Yeah. Yeah. Like we would hit you up and be like, Hey, like there's an event, you know, down the street from you. Do you guys want to work it? Like, here's how much we pay. Like, here's what you have to do Yeah, You know, just let us know. And it's, it's pretty, it's a good deal. Like for, I think, I think usually like the shops we reach out to who do any sort of live printing like it because it gets, you know, it's fun. A lot of times people like it because they could, um, their printers can make some extra money too. And it keeps them like kind of happy. Yeah. Um, and for us, like 90% of what we live print is all like white label anyways. Like we're not like barrel makers, not selling shirts there. Like we're not live printing.com's not advertising. So it's sort of like, you know, if you go and, and do an event for, like, Target or, like, Twitter or something like that, like, you're there as those companies. You're not really there as, like, Upstate Merch, like, doing the Twitter thing and the Upstate Merch thing. Um, And we also, like, kind of made a a decision pretty quickly, too, that, like, when we work live events, we're only going to sell live. Like, our goal isn't to work live events and constantly being telling people, like, hey, by the way, we do custom screen printing. So when we go to a live event, like if, if it's not white label, the only thing we pitch is that we're a live event
1: company. You're not marketing barrel maker. You're saying,
0: right. We're, yeah, it's just live printing.com. We just keep everything. It's pretty awesome that that
2: you got to snag liveprinting.com.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So what happened is like, I, I tried to get it the year before I ended up getting it um, because we did a live event and I I don't know. I like checked the domain or whatever. And I, I thought it was cool. And I reached out to like, whatever it was like some, holding company or someone that like had it, you know, that purchased it basically yeah. to make money off of it. Um, and they wanted like, they wanted like $60,000 for it. And I was like, I'll give you like eight ninety nine, you know, like I was thinking it was like a $10 domain. Like it didn't seem like it, it should be that much money. And so they're like, Oh, I think we're a little bit far apart. You know? And I was like, okay, cool. I could probably go up to like 20 bucks or something. And they're like, Oh, we <laughs> want like 50,000. I'm like, Oh, We're getting closer, you know? So that (laughs) happened, like, that happened maybe, like, three times, like, over the course of the year, where they would hit me up and be like, hey, like, we could go down to 40-something thousand. I'd be like, okay, I could do $25, you know? Like, it was, like, it was all, like, a joke. Like, I I thought it'd be cool to get it, but it was, like, we weren't even close to the same level. And then one day, this guy calls me from there, and he's like, look, he's like, if you'll give us $1,000 right now, we'll sell it to you. I was like, done. So Hmm. so we got awesome. Yeah. And so we kind of shifted to like focusing on, um, I mean, it wasn't like a big shift cause we were already doing live events, but then it was just like, how can we do more in other cities? Right. And we, we traveled to, we've tried a lot of different methods. I mean, we, we have like these kits that we've made where all the presses that we use for live events, like we, we took out, you know, uh, made everything sort of like quick connect. Like there's no like screws. It's all like easy, yeah. easy to assemble and break down. We put them we, we have like um, basically a a box that could hold like a press and a flasher and then we use those like spinner things. Do you know what I'm talking about that you put under a flash? So like you could flash gear the yeah. shirts and then like yeah. put one here. And yeah. So so we have a bunch of those that we could ship, but honestly, like the local, like just working with local shops is the best. It works the best for us. Like it's a good model. We're able to like Essentially, focus on working with the customer and making sure that we like plan the event right, like that we have the designs. Like if there's pre-printing or like, just we're good at booking them because we book a lot of them. So we you say working at local with
1: with local shops. Do you mean that um, like you just you. contract out? like if you had an event in Saint yeah. Louis, you would call me.
0: Not you, because we have like you know other. People. No, better, um, better people with better right. shops. You know want I messed up? I get it. Um, yeah, we want to do a good <laughs> job. Um, actually, like live events, you totally could mess. Up. Like it's so. Dude, I love I love live printing, but every time I work an event, I hate it. And and I talk about it after, and I'm like, oh my god, there were like this big group of people, and I did, I couldn't even look up for like two hours, and then finally they're gone. I was sweating and all this stuff, and it was like terrible. And then I, but then I like enjoy that or something. It's like, you know, um, but yeah, exactly. I mean, that's exactly what we would do. Like we, if we had something in St. Louis, we're a little bit close to St. Louis to where like we might, like we might do that, you know, just cause it's like kind of, I think that's only like four or five hours from us. So it is easier if we're able to send people from here, like in our van and whatnot. But if it was like, if it was in New York or something, yeah, we'd absolutely like, you up and um and so, so that he would absolutely yeah, he would absolutely up. hit up upstate yeah. well, well to see if, if you <laughs> well no i'd hate i'd hit you up to see if you like knew anybody Don't backpedal. <laughs> <laughs> but but then like in in like major areas like so like new york city we have like a shop that we work with a lot and, like la we like we have like set you know we tend to book a lot in in a few like cities and then we get random stuff here
2: and there uh, that's cool yeah yeah no we, we we like doing live printing a lot just because we got really picky and choosy with the events that we do like we won't just do any event um mm-hmm. but we have fun in it because like a lot of times it's free food free party basically all yeah. the people always just try to give us drinks all night long which is funny because none of us drink so we just as the night progresses we just see people get hammered And then it just makes the night so much more fun because everybody's crazy. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I mean, we like doing it a lot. It really sucks that we haven't done like any this year.
0: It's a bummer. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're like, I I don't, I think, I think like it's going to be dead for at least another, like, my guess is like six months, but I don't know. I'm seeing people starting to do it again. Yeah. I've seen them like here and there popping up, which is, which is interesting. But I mean, for us, like we do so many like trade shows and like kind of bigger, like big conferences and things like that. And I feel like that's like just still, I mean, it's, I don't know when that stuff's happening. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's, uh, it's cool. I mean, I really, I, I like doing them. I like being able to work with like other print shops and, um, yeah, it kind of just keeps the flow. And, like, we were able to kind of this last year, like, work a lot of cool vacations into it, too. Like, so we, yeah. would, we would have an event, like, in a maybe a city that is fun, and we want, like, um, to be able to go to, like, one of our employees here and be like, hey, like, if you feel like going to Denver for three days and, like, just kind of checking in on the event, overseeing it, whatnot, like, we'll get you a hotel. And, like, you know, it creates some opportunities to get to let, like, our – our team like travel and do fun stuff. Right. right yeah. yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah.
1: What's your favorite piece of equipment in your shop? Um, uh,
0: Probably, uh, I don't know. I was going to say like the auto coder just because it's like doesn't ever mess up but it doesn't fucking do anything but go like this so like that's kind of boring (laughs) it's not um
2: we've all i think we have that same opinion that that and the cts are probably our favorites right
0: yeah i i like the lotus a lot i mean i'm gonna go with i'll go with the lotus the lotus is like i feel like the lotus is like a it's like i feel like it's far shittier than like the M and R version of that. Like, what's what's the reclaim the eco for M The eco text. I feel like it's a it's a grittier like version of it. Um, it seems like less like you know fancy looking and everything. But I know that when we got the Lotus, I had a this dude who would come and reclaim, and he was like, "You're like typical, like you know, kind of like younger, like." just graduated, still like went out drinking like probably like four or five nights a week and whatnot, came in like super late. Um, <laughs> but it was always like, is he going to do a full rack of screens today? Or like, you know, like we just had never had any idea like how many screens he would reclaim. And it's like we got the Lotus and we were able to get three times what he would reclaim without him. You know what I mean? Just having yeah. like it be kind of a side job. And I feel like reclaiming is the shittiest part of the process. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: so, Reclaiming sucks. Um, I yeah. used to like it because I had, I took them to the car wash and I would load up my Ford Explorer and drive to the car wash and line them up in the whole bay, you know, like 24 at a time. It was fast yeah. as shit. Cause I could just, I just walked down the thing and did it. It was kind of fun part of the process. But then, like you said, you know, finding somebody to do that all day long, that's uh that's a bummer job for sure, and it's not. It's very, a bad very, job. It's a bad job. It's bad for you too, and yeah. so I, I totally get it. Um, the Lotus Holland, I don't think it's. I mean, yeah, you're maybe it's uh, not as fancy as the Ecotext, but I mean, it, it works and it, it cleans screens. It actually fits in your shop. I think better. How uh, much is an Ecotext?
0: I don't even know what they compare like.
1: Price well, well, um, th- well you, can, you can. There's module,
2: tw- basically modules. twice uh, the Lotus.
1: You can have. Three chambers of an Ecotext, or you can have two, or I think they even make a, a single, I, I want to say. Wait, why would
0: you uh, only, what would one chamber do? Like take the ink off?
1: Uh, it does everything all in the same chamber, which is a chemical, I think. It would be tough, you know, science-wise. Yeah. But, the you know, the Ecotext is, you can dial it in better, I think, like you mentioned, but they, but they both do the, the same job, and I would say if I had to choose
0: is it is it is it ink is it like uh ink emulsion
2: power wash it's just like it's just like the lotus as far as like how it's set up like that it's just the thing with the lotus is you just basically hit a button and then it goes the same speed through every Mm. chamber the Mm. the m&r is like very specific (laughs) where you can like set it for drip time and like how much chemical and how much time in each one. So you can dial it in perfectly. So basically the thing with the M and R one that made me really want to do it is just that you kind of have more chance, if not 95 or more percent chance that when the screen comes out at the end, it's clean. You don't have to like wash it again or pressure, wash it or tweak it or scrub it or whatever.
0: Yeah. Ours come out real clean though. It's when they start, glitch and it's because of the the chemical got like tainted or whatever so it's like you just got to kind of like clean it out or change out the chemicals um we used to have an issue where like we would have like one chamber i think like the ink remover uh water would basically like it would go into the next chamber and they would intermix and it would it would make the middle chamber like really weak right but yeah um it's just like that that job does suck And it's hard to have someone do it every day. And I also feel like it's a hard job to have kind of random, like even if you split it among people in your shop, it can be really messy. So like it creates like situations where, you know, like people have like stuff all over their clothes or on their hands, whatnot. It's it's just like a, yeah.
2: So I had, I had this thing come up this week that kind of made me think, and I, I thought we could talk about it a little bit on this. And I don't know if you guys have ever really thought about it, but I think I mentioned a little while ago that there were some shops in my area that basically because of COVID are selling or going under or whatever. And I've had shops over the past couple of years that have hit me up and been like, hey, we're thinking about selling. Would you be interested in buying our shop or whatever? And something came up this week where it was one of those guys that basically sold his shop or went under or whatever. And then still had some customers that he had that he was like going to sell or like keep sending the work to us because he sold his other shop. And I said something to him about, cause he's moving away. And I was like, um, Hey, like whenever you're ready to leave or whatever, I'll talk to those customers or whatever. And he's like, Oh, you can buy them off of me. And I was like, I know who they are. Like, why would I buy them off of you? I could walk in there and be like, Hey, like we're the only printer in town now. Um, but that aside, that's what made me think of it. But it was just kind of like their shop was kind of localized. It wasn't like ours where we do everything national. It was like they only do local stuff and they were trying to sell their company, but they wanted like a crazy amount. And I was like, I don't think I could ever as a printer now, knowing what I know now, try to buy a company for their like book of clients. You know what I mean? That seems weird to yeah. me. I just want to get your guys opinion on that because to me it's like, The kind of customers that I have and the kind of customers that they have don't seem like it's like a big corporation that's only loyal to that company for some reason. I feel like you could pay a crazy amount of number for a book of clients and then have all those clients just be like, well, that company went under, fuck you guys. And then just like go wherever they want to go um yeah absolutely i don't know it just seems weird i just wanted to like discuss it or talk about it it just seems like a weird thing to me to like spend thousands and thousands of dollars on like a book of customers
0: especially right now with like covid like i don't know if you guys are realizing this too but like how many of your contacts are coming back like oh this person's no longer with this company and whatnot And i think i think there's going to be a fair amount that like eventually return to that company but there's going to be a bunch that just don't and um yeah I know we've had a few big companies that, that you sort of with us a lot that like my contacts aren't there like at all. So I like, I've hit up a few where I've been like, Hey, like we worked like every day with this dude. Like we're the guys who do all your stuff for your trade shows. Like, how do we like, who do we talk to now? Or like, how do we stay in the picture? And they're like, Oh cool. We'll let you know if, you know, and it's like, It's like retrying to get a lot
2: of your customers. And that's like the worst feeling too, is having a really good customer. And then you don't hear from them for a while and then you hit them up and it's like somebody new and they like already found somebody else, even though you never knew that they switched out. And it's just like such a kick in the nuts to be like.
1: So how we got started in embroidery is we bought the embroidery department out of Bass Pro Shop here. And we absorbed in their... Like you said, the customer list and the machines, and there was a small team, just a couple people, or it was actually one person that that one person didn't come here and one person did. And I thought to myself, oh well, this is my this is a great way to launch into embroidery. I've always wanted to have it. You know, it's like a perfect goes hand in hand uh, with screen printing. But that but it but it was super hard to because um, I thought, oh, I'm going to have this list, and they're just going to come here, and or yeah. you know, we'll contact maybe the top. 50 accounts and say, Hey, we're Shirt Kong. And now get your embroidery done here. But uh, one, I was terrible at doing that because we're just so busy and we didn't have, we never really had time uh, uh, to go after it. And so um, I really got into embroidery. I I guess I got the equipment and I had one good, there was also a good contract that came with it. Uh, And then a second time we uh, absorbed a shop. Uh, We didn't buy the shop, but a guy who was screen printing he, um, some things came up in his life and he he had some kids and it was just taking, I mean, I think you all know what it's like. It was, it's demanding. I mean, you have, he was there 24 seven and he, and he, and he made a life decision to, to say, you know, this is, I can't do this right now. And I'm going to, I want to come to work for Shirt Kong. And so, um, we, 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 uh, we struck a deal and he did, and there was a few customers that I thought that we'd pick up, but it was, it was really difficult because, those customers were used to his style or his pricing or his, you know, the way it works at his shop. And just like you said, there's no guarantee. There's no guarantee of saying, uh, you know, even if you told them like, Hey, we're sure Kong and uh, Jen, you know, this, this guy works here now and we're going to take care of you just the same. That doesn't mean that they want to, that they trust your Kong or maybe they had a bad experience with us or maybe yeah. they thought, think we're too expensive or all these lists of things like what, what, what guarantees them? How can we retain that client list? I would say it's a small percentage, you know, out of the, maybe you can retain a quarter, you know, maybe if you try really hard and some of those customers you don't even want, like I said, because maybe he has a special pricing with them that, you know, they're like, Oh my God, I can't, I'm not going to print it for that. Or who knows what? So I think it's really yeah. tough. Yeah. I think it's really tough. And I think what you decided is that look, well, you know, we're the, I know those customers, I know who those customers right. are. One, number two, well, now we're the only screen printer in town. They're just gonna, I guess some of them will just naturally call you. Well, I told him that straight up, like I was tr- not trying to be
2: a dick, but I was like, hey, like, he's like, I could sell you these or was, I don't know, I was like, or I could just wait for you to move away and take them myself and pay nothing. Like, right? Yeah. why would I buy anything? It doesn't make any sense.
1: I don't, I don't, I'll never do it again. I know that um, some, I know there are some, uh, there's one big company that buys smaller printers goes around and buys smart, uh, smaller printers or smaller than them, I should say in different regions. And I think they have success with it, but they have a formula, you know, that that's like yeah. a, just a repeated formula that they're going after for Who me though. Um, I, I could be wrong, but I think BSN does that. They, there's like a school, it's like a sports, uh, you know, like a, what do you call spirit wear type type company. And, um, yeah. and so, and so they have a lot of success with that. And, um, but I just don't think, and, and also we're as big as basically as big as we want to be um, square foot wise and equipment wise. And
2: I feel like the only way it kind of makes sense and works is if you were to buy that company and then keep that company going with that name. You know what I mean? So that they thought yeah. they were just continually going to that same company, even though it's not- Keep the, the same, same phone
1: number or whatever. But then you're like a poser. Yeah. You're like some poser this night. Right. But that, that's what yeah. I said. It's like, like,
2: how how loyal are those customers if they don't even know the people that work there? Like you're-
1: Or it's like a brand forever. Yeah. I have, I have a third thing too. I had a contractor call me that's in town and said, hey, I'll I'll give you 600,000 annual, 600,000 of our business. And I just get a percentage of it every year. And I and I was like, did you read the book of 20% of your customers or 80% of your profit? Because I bet you're giving me the 80% that suck. You know, it's like yeah. those, that 600,000 was probably not the customers you want. I, I know the guy is a friend of mine. He's a good guy. And he's like, yep, that's actually what it is. <laughs> <laughs> he's, like, he's, he's like, you're right. And we laughed. But I mean, I don't know. It's like, I think it's always tough. I would say, I think you did the right thing, Dylan. Proud of you.
2: Well, I know I did the right thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. So, Justin, do you have any, like, uh, shop tips and tricks we've been asking people, and some people have been giving us some really good ones, um, of stuff that's just, like, shit you don't normally think about that you, like, kind of discovered on your own, and it's, like, a um, huge time saver or just a cool thing?
0: Or Have you ever heard of uh, Printavo? Mm-hmm. Pr- yeah, print- I don't I don't hear right. about that. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. no, um, tips and tricks. Let me, well, speaking of Printavo, yeah, is, that what, is that what you guys are using? Fuck. Yeah, we use it with like a hodgepodge of stuff, but that's what we use for invoicing. And I so- was going to say, like, did it make a big difference in your shop as far as like? We were like the third, like the third shop or something to use Printavo because he's he's like from me and him right. like are from like the same area mm-hmm. and. Um, so we we literally I mean we went from QuickBooks to Printavo like and and right before we used Printavo it was like um, you know we just had like a clothesline line with like corners <laughs> hanging basically so I don't have like the ability I don't really have something where I could compare it to like right. I didn't use ShopWorks or like other you know programs I've used Deco Network in the past just because like I I used that before we uh, used InkSoft um, but. Yeah. So we built a lot of our like workflow around Printavo and Printavo is like, um, I'm, I'm a fan of it. I'll say like my sales manager can't stand it and he's constantly like criticizing it. I criticize it a lot. Like I text Bruce uh, quite a bit where I'm like, dude, what, like, why, like, why is this like not, but, but I also you get it. You text him that like, in
1: the middle of the night. He's, he's yeah. answering. <laughs> just like, Bruce, Bruce loves that. Just like,
0: Bruce is just like, I'm working on it. Um, (laughs) but the thing about it is like, I think that, that we, so we, we all know Bruce, right? Like I think we're able to look at it too. At least for me, I I'm like really forgiving of, of the software. And, and I, I have that understanding where it's not where it's going to be in a few years, like it's going to keep progressing and it's gotten better and better over time. Um, it's not perfect, but like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to switch to anything else. Like, it, you know, I can't see myself like well, that's what I was going to say switch.
1: is that other, whatever software, whatever program you have, whatever you're, however you're managing production or QuickBooks or anything, they all have something that, that, you know, it's a glitch yeah. or like you said, or like doesn't work well, or you wish worked yeah. better. They all have that. The good, I think the good thing about Printavo is that there's Bruce and you can, like you said, you can text him or email him and say, look, this, it's doing this. And yeah, Can you fix it? (laughs) You know, just that thing. Like we talked to Bruce anywhere.
2: Yeah, yeah. Like we talked to Bruce in the podcast. So and it was like one of the things that we talked about is like you're making a shop management software that's so broad, and you're trying to get it to cater to most shops. You know what I mean? And every shop does things like something different. By definitely so it's like there's always going to be that shop that like doesn't do something that meshes well with printavo or inksoft or whatever you're trying to yeah. use. So it's like I feel like there's always something you're going to be battling, but they're trying like they're a software company. So it's like every so often they're get, they're getting a queue of like hey, 35 people bitched about this product like part of this
0: company. Let's fix that in the next quarter yeah. or like I let's fix Bruce, this in the next quarter. I think Bruce does this does to like us kind of like the same thing that I guess like I do to employees who like complain about stuff too, where I like I kind of take it in and then ignore it um, <laughs> until, until I realize that like, Oh wait, there is something there. Right. It's right. like I've, I have like, um, I could see, for example, like if I take on a project that has like, well let's say there's like folding and polybagging on a project and you get a 5,000 piece order. Um, now you have like just a ton of folding polybagging. You have all these people who are like overwhelmed with how much folding polybagging they have, and they're gonna they're gonna complain to your manager to each other. They're gonna come to you and be like, "We really need help. We need a folding machine. We need more people to fold all this." But you know that like when this job's done, you're good, right? Like you don't yeah. have a five thousand piece order for folding every bagging. day, every day, right? right. So. I think that, like, Bruce probably kind of has a similar thing where, like, people tell him a feature and be like, oh, like, okay, I get where that's cool for you, but, like, if we do that for you... Like, I think he has to, like, think about how it pertains to, like, the, the masses. Yeah. 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 And I know some of the stuff they're working on, like, will will help a lot. My biggest issue with Printavo, to be honest, is... Is it, Matt Marcotte? Like, fuck <laughs> him, right? Yeah, fuck Matt. Guy, that guy doesn't know <laughs> shit. And he's... <laughs> He's ugly,
1: and, he's, yeah. and that-
0: do You guys, no, I, he's. he's <laughs> um, Matt and I though did have a feud, really. So, oh, yeah, but I like him. We're uh, okay, good. Good. <laughs> um,
1: you're back together.
0: So yeah, we're back together. Um, but like, no, my biggest issue is the the lack of reporting. Like, I, do you, either of you guys use Printable or nah? no? No. So it's it's really difficult to just cleanly output like your data, right? Like I wanna know. Um, so I use like a CRM. I mean like we, we run Printabo to process orders, but we also run like a CRM and we run um, Airtable for all of our scheduling. We we use Zapier to do a lot of stuff. So like we we have like access to the reporting we need as like a workaround. But like I I wanna know right now like how how many People place orders on Friday, and how much revenue that was. What was the average dollar amount of the order? I want to know, like, which of my sales reps got the most orders. Like, I want some fucking data, and it's all there, and I don't have it quickly, right? Mm -hmm. And um, I want to know, like, like you said earlier, you reach out to a customer or whatever, or you find out a customer who's like, um, they let the your contact there left went somewhere else, and now they found a new shop. But like, had you gotten like an alert? that said like, you know, either alert or report. That's like, it's been, it's been, uh, who are the customers that placed over X amount of orders that, that I haven't talked to in the last right. two Like checking right? with them. Yeah. And that's, I get that that's like a CRM thing and we need to use a CRM for that. But Printabo has all of our data. Like it should be like telling us like, who to contact like who's what what orders are good like who is our 80 percent of shitty orders right like right. let's get some of that data we're we're using printable mark jobs as being on press and off press so like i want to know like the averages of like my my printers like why can't I see like oh you you have a thousand jobs under each printer like give me the data of like how much better is this printer than this printer or is this printer actually better than this printer even though we all think he's worse you know or like right. so I think like data is like severely lacking and I think it gets overlooked at how helpful it could be to like operate our businesses um, I don't know about like you guys like but I I personally like I tend to like. I analyze barrel maker a lot, you know, and I, I'll like go through things where I'll print, like I'll, I'll print like our payroll from last week and then I'll print our payroll from like a year ago last week. And then I'll look at our schedule of completed jobs last week and our schedule a year ago. And it's like, Oh wait, Hey, last year we actually spent 3000 less on payroll and we did 40 more jobs. Like does hot, you know, and, and sometimes it's just data that like keeps you up at night, you know, and you like, are like, I don't know what to do with this info, but sometimes there is like a clear. Answer it's funny. We here. just,
2: we just did a podcast with TC screen printing that comes out tomorrow and he's the exact same way. He wants like data for everything and like super looks into it. So mm-hmm. yeah, I feel like some, for some printers, I mean, for everybody, it should be important to a degree to know those things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just, it's the only way you can kind of make things better unless you're like paying attention to them all day long. like,
0: yeah. And I, I screen print, like I get it. Like I know that, that you could get a bad screen. I know that you could look at a job that seems like it's going to be straightforward and it could hit the press and just like not be like, Your I know that you can get picked up. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like I get that those things happen and, and it's hard to like account for some of that stuff too. But there's, um, I think my bigger issues with, with uh, Printavo, especially it's just the, the lack of reporting on the, the customer side of it. Like I want to know like quick answers to to things.
1: I know there's, I've been um, chatting with Bruce. I know there's a beta coming with some new stuff, new features. I wonder if that's, if there's any of that. So maybe, maybe Maybe. (laughs) Maybe it's coming.
0: (laughs) I feel like every time something's coming, it's like far later than when it's supposed to come out. And then it's also like not, what I was like, like I I kinda hate that there's any of that merch stuff. Cause I feel like Inksoft is like a superior product to to merch. Ooh, ooh, and ooh. <laughs> like yeah, but it is like it's so it's just far better. You know, like it, do you guys do like Inksoft to ShipStation? Like yeah. yeah. Um I mean Dude, it's, it's like, fucking it works amazing. Really good. Yeah. And yeah. and
2: um my thing but- is is I just I just recently probably within the last like two months started using ShipStation. And I was using Inksoft with stamps.com, which basically would like it linked up and in Inksoft, you've probably done this where you can like put in the weight for every package basically. And it sucked because every day I had to ship like on Wednesdays or whatever, I would have to ship a couple hundred items. I would have to go through and do like the weight of every package in Inksoft. And I was like, this sucks. So I called Inksoft and I was like, hey, is there a better way to do this? They're like, "Yeah, you're actually one of the people that ships a lot of stuff. You should do ShipStation." And I was like, "Okay, cool." Yeah. Downloaded it, I called the lady at ShipStation. She was like, "Oh, let's like walk you through it." She was like, "Go ahead and hit the refresh button and it should automatically pull all the orders from Inksoft." And she's like, "Yeah, all you got to do is hit like create shipment, like go ahead and ship everything that's ordered." And it just yeah. printed it printed like 300 labels. Like I didn't have to put it's in like, any weights. I didn't have to put in anything. It was just immediately yeah. like ding 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 ding. And I was just like, "No, it's awesome." <laughs>
0: Yeah. Like my head exploded. That's actually like, I was, I was asking Bruce like a year ago, like why they, they went with, um, easy Post or whatever, like instead of going into like ship station, cause that seems to be more of like an industry kind of like standard, but yeah, ship Station's solid. I mean, we use that for like all of our stores and for fulfillment. So
2: I was just like, it literally saved me like a day and a half worth of work, like instantly. Yeah. Cool. So it was like there was a no-brainer to get it. Because like I said, anytime I had to do that, I was like, oh, I gotta like literally do this all day long.
1: And then
0: ZingSoft Zing um like sponsor you guys. Is that why you guys had a question? Like an <laughs> yeah. soft question. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What kind of what do you what do you get for that?
1: <laughs> we get one sixteen, what is this? One uh sixteen point <laughs> eight ounce, pure, ounce leaf. pure leaf bottle per <laughs> week. Right Is here. that sweetened or
0: unsweetened? Unsweet. Are you a sweet guy or unsweet? No, I do unsweet. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll add like honey and like, I'll, I'll like, if I'm at home or something, I'll do like honey. Honey's natural. I don't want, I'm not yeah, gonna, okay. yeah, it's natural. Yeah. There you go. yeah.
1: Uh, <laughs> so Justin, what's for dinner tonight?
0: So I have this, I, I just got a trainer and it's just, it's guilt. And I'm just going to eat guilt, <laughs> I guess. Cause any, anything that I want to eat, <laughs> it's just like, I know that tomorrow she's going to be like, what do you eat for dinner? Why do you eat that? Like you can't, you can't work that off, you know? So,
1: um, so what made you get a trainer? So you would say you just got yeah. one. How long ago, how long you've been going? Um,
0: this, <laughs> no, it's, <laughs> can you tell by this bicep? No. Um, six weeks. So, so ha- I go four times a week. It's like fucking boot camp. Um, so basically what happened is my, my mom went to it. My mom got a trainer, right. For like a year. So she prepaid for a year and then she got this like crazy leg infection. She just had some like surgery. So she's like out of commission for like several months. So basically she's like, Hey, I got the trainer. Like why don't you like take it over? You know? So I was like, cool. That'll be fun. Like it'll be fun. <laughs> um, it's so it's brutal. So I'm, do, I, I'm, I'm, I've been doing it for about six weeks. And, um, to be perfectly honest, I think it's really awesome. Like I really like it. Um, it's at 11 o'clock every day. So it's like one of the things that's really difficult is like I'm at work and then I have to like leave and go like fucking sweat my Dude, ass
1: off. Heard and, like, that. Heard yeah. that. That, is, that but, is the roughest part. But, it's like,
0: like I, I went and visited Andy two weeks
2: ago and he's like, Oh, hey, uh I gotta go to my, see my trainer for an hour, I'll be back. And I'm just like sitting in his shop, like, cool, I'll i wait get back.
1: <laughs> but, but that's that's part one of the story. Part two is I said, dude, you're coming with us. I was like, yeah, come on, let's yeah. go. Yeah, and I'm you're like, sit there and watch like, Fuck
0: you fucking that. stretch.
1: <laughs> it's
0: see, but, my problem is she doesn't like believe in stretching, or like she does, but it's not enough for me. So I'm like I'm finding that I need to get there like 25 minutes before. Otherwise, like, I'm just like, I'm in so much pain afterwards because she just like destroys me. But like, it is kind of cool knowing like, hey, all I have to do is get there and then she'll like, she'll boot camp me, you know? And, um, and it's, it's, it's been cool because like, I have a tendency, like, I don't know, like, probably you guys too. Like, I'll get, I'll get stuck at my computer for like, sometimes it's like 16 hour days of just like sitting there, you know? And so mm-hmm. at least like, I feel like it, now I could be like at peace with that. Cause it's kicking my ass. But like, she kind of initially was fucking with me, like on, on food stuff. And I was like, listen, like, I'll come here and I'll like do this, but like, you're not messing with my, she wanted <laughs> me to like journal my food. I was like, no. And, um, but now that I've been going more, like I think now she's like working her way back into that. So I don't know if it's for dinner, but I'm, you know, I'll probably <laughs> not gonna not be eat. good. Yeah. It's not good. It's not going to be good. You're going to eat like um, an entire tray of
2: lasagna. And then you're going to go in tomorrow and tell her you had some noodles and sauce.
0: told her The first few weeks, that like every, every day I was just eating wings. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> I'm like, it's fine. It's like, we're doing all this workout stuff. And she's like, no, working out's like not enough. Also, I realized trainers don't even like, I don't think they believe in cardio is like even counting. So like, I feel like my whole entire life, anything I did is a work workout to so them, it's just like what you should do day to day just to be at all healthy. To be alive. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, yeah, it's, it's pretty intense, but I do like it. So that's good. Yeah. How often do you go to the trainer?
1: Uh, I just go Tuesdays, Thursdays. So I go twice a week and yeah. it's um, like you said, it's intense. I do other stuff besides, but. Um, I like, I'm not gonna, I'm one of those per- people that I'm not going to go at five in the morning. There's no way I'm waking, like right. setting the alarm, waking up and doing some sort of triathlon thing, you know, uh, and there's no way I'm going to go at six o'clock either after work. I'm just, I'm exhausted or, or whatever time it is. I want to just go home, eat and that's it, you know? So I don't want to do it yet. Yeah. So I I love going, We I go at 10 and yeah. my how I started was, is that they started building construction on this building, like across the street. And it turns out it's this fitness place. It's not, you can't have a, it's not like a membership where you go in and work out on your own. It's only personal training. And I walked in one day and, and, I, and I'm like, hey, I'm, I'd like to talk about it. And, and I talked and the guy, the first guy that started talking to me is, is my trainer. He's awesome. And so I, cool. I literally um, six months in or something, texted him and said, man, you changed, like not to be cheesy, but you changed my life. Like it, for real. Yeah. You know, because if you, if you go, the whole, whole part about it is, is you got you can't stop going, you know, you're at a point now right. so speaks, where you're in it. And so you're probably feeling changes and just doing, oh just my morning, god, yeah. lifting up a gilding box or whatever you do, you know, you're, there's, you're there's like muscles.
0: Now. There's like muscles I didn't even know existed. <laughs> like I'll like feel something. I'll be like, wait, where did that even come from? I really wish right now while
2: well, you two are talking about fitness and trainers that I had a cheeseburger right now.
1: <laughs> just to like I wish late. I was just
2: like letting it drizzle down my shirt. I still eat really cheeseburgers yeah. though. Like it's trainers, not, I'm kind of like, <laughs> I'm not getting up. I yesterday. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah but I, 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 I'm not doing the workout as well. I'm just yeah. eating the cheeseburger.
0: <laughs> well, she, she asked me like what my goals are and I was like, mellow dad bod. You know, like that's it. Like, I love how you said
2: mellow dad bod. Mellow dad bod.
0: Yeah, like I touch, you know, and so sometimes she'll give me like like heavier weights. And I'm like, I, you're, we're going beyond that. You know, like, I don't want to get, I'm not (laughs) trying to get jacked here. You know, I'm just trying to be like, I just need, I just need to, all I heard from that is that
2: I just need to get a heavier cheeseburger. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> right yeah have your cheeseburger and more reps no, yeah. but right. but, for,
1: but for anybody who's listening straight up for real um make part make exercise a part of your your routine because i got stuck in like you said i got stuck in 16 hour days or whatever it was even if it's a, a 10 hour or 12 hour, whatever day it was i got stuck in doing that mm-hmm. and being tired and not and not doing physical anything physical you know or enough anyway and um and it and for too long, and then I'm back into it. It's it made a huge difference, and ju- not just physically, but mentally.
2: Yeah. What well, were you nice. saying for the, the last like 35 seconds, my my headset cut off? I out. said
1: that Upstate Merch <laughs> is awesome, and that they're way better at live printing. Don't ever send. Nobody call Shirt Kong in St. Louis for for live printing because we suck.
0: <laughs>
2: like, well, you we don't all you all don't things. do it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. I think like working out yourself, though, is it even like. I can't even, I can't even get close to the level that they like push me into, you know what I mean? It's like, I would never push myself. I, I don't know, like there's so many times where I like look up at the clock thinking like, oh, we're like done and it's like another 20 minutes and I'm just like, oh my God, I can't even like imagine.
1: a right, 100%, like anything. I got in the, I, I used to go to the to the place where you just go in and do your own workout and I would do yeah. basically the same workout when I when I, every time. And that yeah. doesn't do shit. Like I go to Cody and I I walk in and I have and like everything's designed to like mess you up. You oh know? yeah, yeah, like crazy shit that you never even thought of or heard of. And I always say to him like nobody's supposed to do this. Like I go, this is right? Stupid. Yeah, like this is stupid. They're, they're fucking sadists. Like they're <laughs>
0: like yeah, it's crazy. The um, sign me up. <laughs> Yeah. I used to just go and bring my phone and I'd be like on the elliptical machine, but I'm just still emailing. And it's like, I would, f- I feel like I, I would go there and just be like kind of clocking my, my time, you know? So I'd be like, okay, cool. I did 25 minutes on the elliptical. I'm good. Even though half of that, I was just trying to like, <laughs> like text, you know, and I'd be like stopping. And yeah. So yeah, that's a good tip. Work out.
2: <laughs> Work out some. Well, thanks. Thanks for uh, doing this. Uh, doing this with us on a Sunday. Yeah, it's fun. I just wanted to get a mug, so let's, uh, <laughs>
0: hopefully
1: That's how that you get works. one right there. Yeah. Well, hopefully <laughs> yeah.
2: I can send you one and it's shattered. Uh-uh. I've sent yeah. out a couple. I've sent out a couple mugs to people, and they're like, "Oh, cool, thanks for this." And it's just like shards of glass. There's like uh-huh. no actual mug left.
1: So you're gonna yeah. get a, a giant box and. It's going to be wrapped in a bunch of... Well, actually, you're probably not going to get the box. knowing. I was just okay. going to say, I don't even... I was going to tell you, like, maybe
0: put... Um, like, bring to Aaron or something, you know? like, And then it'll come to me, and they'll be like, hey, it's for your wife. And it'll still be open and, like, messed with. You'll see her walk by and <laughs> it Yeah. <out of>
1: <laughs> but, well, all right, man. Good talking cool.
2: to you. Yeah, you too. Good luck hey, with everything. Have a good night, dude. We'll see you later.
0: All right, take care. See you guys. See, see ya. ya.